We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome everyone to another edition of IB Nation Sports Talk. I'm Vince D'Addario. That guy is not Sean Styers. That's Brian Driscoll. And I'm he's much here. much better looking. <laughs> Don't tell Sean I said that. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope he's not listening. But Sean is still recovering, recuperating, getting back to his normal self. And, you know, I told Brian, I said, look, man, it's a mailbag Wednesday. Let's get the band back together. Mm-hmm. And, and do it old school style. Come join me for a mailbag. And that's what we're going to do. It is it is a it is a Wednesday night free-for-all mailbag. We are going to have some fun tonight answering your questions. You guys are in charge of the show tonight. We're going to have a little bit of fun, I have a feeling. And uh, pretty fired up about it, Brian. How, how was your day today? How was the earlier show? Good, I thought. You know, I wasn't super thrilled about talking about Marshall just because I just <laughs> want to spend so much time talking know, about right? Notre Dame. But uh, we did a little bit of both, so I thought it, I thought it went well. We ended it in like less than two hours because I was like, you know, there's a lot of questions we're answering. Like, let's save some for tonight. And so hopefully those people <laughs> that didn't get their questions answered today will come tonight and bring their questions in. So now we had a good crowd, good to group. It's been a busy day, you know, trying to handle – Three people's jobs this week is a little bit challenging for me. I mean, that's uh, fair, but uh, but yeah, it's good. It's yeah, good. I'm ready to rock fair. and roll. And I and you, I, you and I haven't done a mailbag in a, in a little bit. I so, know, so I'm yeah. pretty fired because the my my last mailbag, you know, during the day, you weren't on. So mm-hmm. here we are. Here we are. So anyway, uh, a little update on Sean. He's doing great. He's he's recuperating. He. He um, wants to come back very, very soon, and and hopefully that that's going to happen. So, yeah, uh, very excited about that. Excited to have my evening partner in crime back. Uh, but we're gonna have some fun tonight with the mailbag. So, Brian, you got one uh, in the queue, ready to roll for us? Yeah, we're just gonna kind of go chronologically, and this is how Tommy Guns wanted to start <laughs> off. So, okay, Tommy yeah. Guns says, "What is your favorite Bible passage?" Uh, that's kind of deep, man, and I don't know. I don't personally have like a mm-hmm. favorite Bible passage. I don't know if you do. Well, I mean, I could get like real like uh, 
easy with like, oh, John three sixteen. You know the implications of what that passage means obviously are important. But I, sure. I've, I've really, you know, I've been praying Ephesians six over my wife a lot lately. You know, which is about the armor of God. But you know, the one that I've really tried to um, last year especially live by is Philippians uh, four thirteen. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And a lot of people don't like. A lot of people have taken that to like mean like oh, I can do anything. I can lift up this car, and it's like that's not really the the context of the right. passage. The context of the passage right. is finding contentment in no matter what situation you're in. You know whether you're, you know at the time Paul was in prison, he was poor, he didn't have money, all these kind of things. But it's like, look, I'm, as long as I have Christ, I'm 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 happy. You know, yeah. I'm content. I can do anything. You know, that's all I really need. And so I've been trying to focus more and more on that, and it gets harder and harder. Is the biz? It's it's easy sometimes to do when times are tough. It can be a lot harder when times are actually going good, you sure. know, because then there's not the perceived need for God in those in, in those instances when things are going well. And That's I'm good point. I'm trying to really focus more and more on that because it could all be gone like that. Yeah. And, you That's know, a good point. And, you know, so I'm really trying to focus on that a lot. Lately. That that last part is a really, really good point, because in my situation, things have been going like crazy well lately, yeah. you know, both yeah. pro- you know, professionally, right. personal, like everything is going so well. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I need to stop and take right. a second and right. thank the, you hey, know, the one that made Thanks for hooking me up, God. I'll see you in right. a little while yeah, when things right. aren't going good again. I'm going to yeah. leave you alone for a while now. <laughs> right, yeah. right, so, right. So trying yeah. not to do that. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So, uh, you know, you hit a few home runs. You got to make sure yes. that, uh, you know, things are thanked the yeah. proper way. So no doubt. It's always no doubt. a good reminder. Thanks, Brian, for that. And thank you, Tommy Guns. For that. Yes. I wanted to bring this up real quick from Elliot uh, Montanez. Elliot, we will not be doing our score predictions until Friday. Right. So uh, I can give you a little hint. Notre Dame's going to win. But uh, <laughs> I did uh, submit mine today, but it's not yes. going to be made public yes. until yes. Friday. I, I'm feeling pretty good. Two weeks in a row, Brian, I've gotten my stuff in early, and I'm yeah. feeling real good about that because – as the season wears on, that's usually not the case. So I was actually thinking Chris and I had been doing your stuff for you. That's what I was getting done on time. <laughs> I told you. So, everything's going really well for me right now. I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> no, we'll, we're going to have some fun predictions on Friday yes. in our show on Friday. We're going to yes. uh, not only do um, our Notre Dame predictions, but as I mentioned on the earlier show, we're going to do Texas-Alabama. We're going to preview that game and yep. do predictions. Yep. We'll also have articles about it. And then we'll also do Tennessee-Pitt. We will also do trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, Kentucky, Kentucky, Florida yep, yep, is another yep. big one. And then what is the fourth game? Are we doing a fourth game this week, Vince, or is it just those three? Uh, there was four. Uh, there was four. four okay. And Let me find your. Look. I got. I can find your picks right here because I can just pull yours up and and see who you had. Uh, it's uh, Baylor BYU. Yes, that's the that's other one. That's the other one. Yeah. So and then Vince, and then yeah. And then we'll on the board, we have our upset right. pick. Yeah, right. exactly. So Ryan gave his earlier. We'll hold off on the rest of those until. Until we get here this week, and I haven't picked, I haven't figured my upset pick out yet, Vince. I've got to look actually at spreads and different things like that. But I felt really good about the Arizona one last week. We'll see. You're kind of going in that direction a little bit this week. I'm just a little hint. I mean, uh, you know, but yeah, that's I was that's... I was tempted to cheat a little bit, and uh, I believe it was the Texas Tech Houston game. Houston mm-hmm. is ranked 25th. Texas Tech is unranked, and but but uh, Texas Tech is favored. Because I okay. believe it was at Texas Tech. So it would have been cheating to say Texas Tech is going to win, but it was an unranked versus a ranked. But the rule, the rule is it can be an unranked team, an unranked team beats a ranked team, or it's a spread of six and a half, six points or more. Right. 
So right. by rule, for one. Yes. By rule, you well, it, it said it can be either or. It doesn't yeah. have to just be it like qualified. The one I picked last week was two unranked teams. Yeah, right. It was Arizona beating San Diego State. Right. And I think that um, the no, because Pitt's ranked. So and then West Virginia, or Penn State. No, Penn State, Purdue. A lot of people, some people picked Penn mm. State, Purdue last week. Sure. That's two unranked teams. But I did not know that Texas Tech is favorite. Yeah, three point favorite. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I, I felt like cheating to me. So I went and found a different one. Like I just didn't feel good about it. Yeah. So I went and found a different one. And I mean, they, they smacked Houston last year, you know, so we'll see how it, we'll see yeah. how it goes this year. Yep. We'll see how it goes this year. So it'll be an interesting game, but yeah, we'll plenty to talk. We'll talk play football. Oh, and Hey, just so you know, uh, if you want to have some, some conversation about sort of non Notre Dame related stuff, that's right. The FB nation podcast, check it out. So bill and bill from sporting news. So as, as if you're not familiar, our two hosts, we have a, one of our shows is the CFB all America podcast. So with bill Bender and bill Tro- uh, Trochi of sporting news, and they host a show and that went live today. And so we have, they did uh, look back at this past week's games. They also talked about, you know, previewing the top games this week, and then they did their confidence picks. And so they had some interesting stuff there. So CFB Nation podcast, you can definitely find it on Apple and Spotify for sure. You can also find it on Blue Wire if you just if you want to find it that way. And then, of course, it's also on the YouTube channel. So definitely check. And then with the YouTube channel, we have the whole show up, and then we broke them all down into little segments. So you can definitely check that one out as well. So definitely check out our CFB Nation stuff. We're just trying to get that up and going. It's been slow going so far, but we're going to keep plugging away yeah. and get that sucker going. We'll so, get it. It'll get there. Yeah. So that, uh, so yeah, so I just, we, we, we will have our predictions, but they're just going to come out, um, coming out here, come out soon, but just not today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So John Wayne's Winchester wants to know any reports on the mood of practice so far this week. No, I mean, they've only had one practice so far. They're in the midst of their second practice. Now they're probably going to be wrapping it up here in the next five, 10 minutes. Right. So it's a little too early to kind of get that, but I'll say that the reason I brought your question up, John, even though we don't have an answer 
is because it kind of falls in line with what I wrote in my midweek musings events, which came out about about 40 minutes ago, is we're going to learn a lot about this football team based on how it responds to last week. Absolutely. And I put a quote in the midweek musings and, and you know, cause like the 2017 team I thought had tremendous leadership. I mean, that was a team that went 10 and three had some coaching issues. I felt because of the head coach, which you guys all know my stance on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, you know, there, there was an incredibly tough schedule. It, the roster top to bottom, in my opinion, wasn't as good as the roster now. Now the top was every bit as good, if not sure. You know, you had Quentin Nelson. I mean, he was a, a star and phenomenal player. But, you know, you were starting Freddie Canteen until he got hurt, Cam Smith. I mean, Nick <laughs> right. Coleman. I mean, you, you know, nice players, but just not the kind of talent you're right. throwing out there now, right? And so – but that team – the quote I had from, from Drew Tranquil after – which I just thought said a lot about that team. Cause my point was, you know, Notre Dame's character will be exposed this week and next year. Something can be exposed as being really good too. It just, it's going to be exposed one way or the other, but this is what Drew said after the Georgia game. And if you remember that game, not as highly, it wasn't a marquee matchup that year, the way it was in 2019 based on, you know, that neither team was ranked very high at the time. I don't think Notre Dame was even ranked yet. Georgia was not even in the top 10, Ended up being two really good top 10 caliber football teams by the end of the year. Yep. But Georgia won. Why? Notre Dame's offensive line couldn't open up holes. The running backs didn't play that well. They only rushed for 55 yards. Offense had a lot of chances at the end of the game to win it. Could have get it done. Sound familiar? Hmm. And then Drew Tranquil said something after the game. He goes, when it comes down to it, Georgia just executed better at the end of the game. Sound familiar? And they made the big yep. plays that you have to make in college football to win games. Sound familiar? And then he followed up with, he had like this pause and he goes, um, to fall short tonight really hurts, but moving forward, I'm scared for other teams because we are coming to punish each and every opponent we play. And to me, you know, that was kind of the, the and they did. And, and what I wrote was a week later, they beat Boston college 49 to 20 and ran for 515 yards over the next set. They won their next seven games. They averaged 43 point four points per game in those wins and their average margin of victory in those wins were 24.9 points. Now you can say, okay, well let's get some context. So during that stretch events of games where they, where they went seven and oh, yeah, they ended up beating, I believe it was three teams that finished ranked. They, uh, so yeah, Michigan state finished ranked USC finished ranked and then North Carolina or uh, North Carolina state finished ranked. And, and in Boston College that year was a bowl team, seven and five bowl team. And they beat number uh, – Michigan State finished 15th that year. Notre Dame beat them 38 to 18. USC finished 12th that year. Notre Dame beat them 49 to 14. North Carolina State ranked 23rd that year. Notre Dame beat them 35 to 14. I mean, so – and then they beat BC 49 to 20. So it's not just that they won. They destroyed teams. And yeah. That's exactly what Drew Tranquil said they were going to do. Yeah. And why? Because the leadership and the character of the players on that football team was such that this isn't going to happen again. And they responded. Now, you can't just assume that this team is going to respond the same way, right? Because teams are different. The character is different. the 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 ta- not, not the talent is different so much, but more so just the the mentality is different. You can't assume that because that team had great leadership, this team is going to have great leadership. And so those are the things we're going to learn about this team. We learned a lot about that football team. They didn't have necessarily the horses or the leadership from a coaching standpoint to completely run the table. This team does. But do they have the football character and the leadership to the talents there to, to run the table? But is is are the other attributes needed there to run the table 
That's what we're going to find out, and it needs to start this Saturday. If they come out and just kind of sleepwalk through this game against yeah. Marshall like they did the, the Toledo game last year. Huge red flag. Very problematic for me. Huge red flag. Because – and that – you know, I'm not going to give too much away here. When I when I talked about my prediction for the Notre Dame Marshall game, one of the things that I said is it always felt like in the past Notre Dame would play down to their opposition. They would win the game like they were supposed to. They would win the game, but this is the kind of game that you're supposed to win in the first half. Like it needs to be, you know, there needs yeah. to be no doubt by halftime, and, and well, that just is what it is, in my opinion. And I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I and I, I still I feel my, that way. I guess my thing is, Vince, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I'd like to see that. But that's not even what I'm looking for, per se. I think if the things I'm looking for happen, then I think that'll be a, that'll be a result. Yeah. But for me, it's more about I want to see this team come out ticked off, ready to smack people in the mouth. Like, if the execution's not quite there, you know, Tyler misses by a foot or a guy drops a ball or a guy misses a tackle. And and it just leads to maybe the game's a little bit more competitive early than it should be. And Marshall's got some good players. I mean, I know I know that you and I had a little bit of a different uh, sort of an opinion on Marshall this offseason. This is not a bad football team. This is a this is a quality football team. Sure. So so, you know, it's this not UMass. It's not New Mexico. My, my point being, it's for me, it's more about how they play. Yeah, I don't need them to be in midseason form execution wise in game two. What because the beat remember the BC game wasn't like that either. Like they won 49 20, but it was like 14 13 at halftime. You know, like they were they had missed a couple chances. They'd ripped off a couple long runs. They you know, sure. like Brandon was just off on a couple throws. They had a couple just a place here and there where you're like, man, you know, what, what, what are you doing there? But you could see from early on that they were physically. Uh, ready to come and play. They just didn't necessarily execute great. And then of course the second half, they just overwhelmed Boston right. college. So for me, it's, 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 that's kind of what I want to see where I'm, I want to see a team that's ticked off. Sure. Uh, but focused. I want to see a team that's ready to play with a chip on their shoulder. I want to see a team that, that, that didn't like the fact that they missed an opportunity on Saturday. Yeah. That, and if it meant, because the other, the reason I say that Vince is because they could blow Marshall out just on town alone and still not be that fair enough. You know, like, so if, if it's, if the two go hand in hand, great, but if I can only take one, a blow up victory or a team that res responds emotionally and physically the way that they need to, I'll take that. Oh, and, and maybe some sloppy play over. Okay. They just steamrolled an inferior opponent, but we didn't see the kind of attitude we need to see. So I don't disagree with you per se, but I just, for me, I'm more, I'm more looking at it from the emotional aspect, the physical aspect, the are you guys do you guys because here's the thing you're i don't care they don't need to get up for marshall i don't care if they're up for marshall i care that they're mad that they didn't play to their standard and marshall's just gonna suffer for it you know so it's not even about getting up for are you getting up for the marshall game no it's about you getting upset that you didn't play the way you needed to play and so you're gonna go take it out on your next opponent that's what drew tranquil spoke to when they lost to georgia and that's why they just went out the next month and just destroy I mean, vince they didn't just beat people. They destroyed people. The next week, they ran for 515 yards against a defensive line that had a second round and a third round draft pick on their defensive line. Think about that. You know, and that's what I want to see. It's not so much 515 yards, but it was the mentality that was behind I, that 515 yards. I just want to see some badassery. That's what I want to see. Exactly. I want to see guys exactly. that, that are going to own it and be like, right. look, that was, you know, we didn't, we didn't finish. 
but I'll be darned if that's going to happen again. You know what I mean? Like that's the attitude that I want. If you want to call that getting up for the game, you know, however you want to describe right. that, that's what I want to yes. see. I, I, I want these guys to own it. Agreed. Like, hey, well, let, I'm let sorry, ask- Marshall, that you're next on the list, but you're about to get a beat down. L- and- let me ask you this question, Vince, along those lines. And I, cause I agree. Let's say that they, they play that way. But there's just some misses and some, you know, some you're not on the same page. You miss a throw here. You drop a throw there. Sure. You know, you have a blown coverage here that we don't like. We're not we're not justifying those things. Sure. But if those things happen, but we also see what you're talking about, I'm okay with that because those other things can get corrected. What can't get corrected is a team that doesn't emotionally respond well to things. Right that's that's gonna right. that's where i'm coming from and mistakes happen like right. it doesn't matter who Especially you're playing too mistakes right. happen but i need to see yeah a step up from like for example the offensive line i need we're to see on the that. same page yeah absolutely yeah. there's a we're question the coming up page. here about yeah. like what unit and all that stuff we'll get into more of that but like right. again i just want to see i just want to see them be like hey sorry marshall it just so happens to be you here we come you know right. that's what that's what i want to see agree Elliot Montanez says, hey, IB Nation, who are some of the Marshall players that we should know about? Ooh, good question. Well, see, this is why you need to make sure you're locked into irishbreakdown.com. Ryan Roberts did a full write-up on sort of the top players from on both sides of the ball uh, that you need to know about. I'll go over a few of them now. I would encourage you to read that article as well, but we can definitely talk about them now. Uh, They actually have some skill on offense that I like. They got a kid at receiver named Corey Gamage. He's listed at like 6'4", 220. He's a big kid. He, he really wins with body position really well. He was a volume pass catcher last year. Wasn't really like a like a big yards per catch guy, but he can stretch the field. A lot of that's because they throw a lot of quick stuff. Yeah, uh, That'll kind of bring that down a little bit. Uh, quality athlete for that level. You know, he wouldn't be a quality athlete necessarily at Notre Dame, but quality athlete at that level. Kind of like their version of Miles Boykin a little bit, Vince, okay. right? Okay. And, you know, he's a good football player. They got some other kids on that uh, at receiver. Uh, Talit Keaton is a really is really athletic kid. They got a running back named Kalen DeLaborn, if that name sounds familiar to some of you. He was, a, I think, a five-star recruit. Let me actually look that up because I believe he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, but he was from uh, the Virginia area, obviously, as, as uh, he went to Catholic high school, which – you know, it's an interesting conversation. Yeah, it's literally, it's uh, okay. Bishop Sullivan, but everybody oh. called it Catholic. Bishop gotcha. Sullivan Catholic High School, but we just called it Catholic. It's actually who I made my first uh, when I was at Atlantic Shores. That's the first team I started against was was Catholic. Gotcha. So, uh, played against them, or that's who I got my first uh, uh, win against. Yes, first win against. So anyway, um, but he played there. He was a a highly sought after kid. Uh, yes, he was the number. 23 player in the country on rivals, 40 by 247, 36 by ESPN. So top 50 kid, just could never stay healthy at Florida State. You know, real dynamic kid. We talked about earlier today. He committed the opening to Florida State, and he roll, rolls up in a Lamborghini, gets out of his Lamborghini and commits to Florida State. Uh, it just was <laughs> wild. Uh, but uh, career didn't pan out. He's an athletic kid. He ran for over 100 yards last week against Norfolk State, right, which, again, it's Norfolk State, so right. you know, we'll see how he is. Uh, but he's a he's when healthy he's a pretty good athlete. What I don't know, Vince, is does he have the same explosiveness he had in high school? Sure, I, I didn't necessarily see that last week. But gotcha. I see a, a good athlete on that side of the ball. Uh, and then on defense, they've got some. Uh, Stephen Gilmore is their best corner. Really smooth, fluid cover guy. Not a burner, but a really good athlete. 
He's the younger brother of Stephon Gilmore. Of is he with the Patriots now? Who's he with, Vince? I don't really follow him. He was with the Patriots for a minute. Not sure. Uh, played at South Carolina, but Stephen is a really good football player. Uh, they got a couple really good linebackers in Eli Neal and Abraham Boplan. Uh, their defensive line are try-hard guys. Corey Cumberland's probably their best guy. He's an edge player. Uh, I really like their group of defenders. They're a little undersized and, and on the edge, uh, but they've got good size up the middle and and good size at linebacker. I mean, they're 225, 235 at linebacker. They're rangy guys. Uh, their edge players are a little undersized, but they, like I said, they're not small anywhere else. And we did have a, a question about that too, but somebody asked about uh, from Irish Shytown. He said, Brian Vince, uh top three, no, I'm sorry. That's not, that's not it. Where was it? Uh, let's see here. There was a question about the size difference between the two teams. And I didn't, I don't think there is like a huge size difference. So I, I don't quite see that question, Vince. I probably just looked right. Oh, here we go. From John Wayne's Winchester, uh, based on the talent and size differential between their names, O-line and Marshall's D-line, what are you looking for specifically to gauge improvement from the O-line from week one? To nothing week to do with size. Right. Well, but also they're not small up the middle. No, and that's the go. thing is like I mean they're 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 nose tackles three hundred one Amari uh, um, Anthony Watts is two hundred and ninety four pounds, he's a kid that transferred in from Purdue so Notre Dame has, has faced him before, and so, you know to me they're not real not real big but to your point Vince what you're going to say yeah. Toledo was way smaller oh my way God. smaller than Notre, yeah. than than Marshall was last year, and they kicked Notre Dame's offensive lines butt mm-hmm. and yep. and that is because. They stopped their feet. They didn't yep. use their hands, and they didn't drive through contact. They weren't playing sound football. They had exactly. trouble picking up the twists and the stunts. Sound familiar? Yeah. That's what we saw on Saturday. Yep. So I do want to see some improvement from, That's what from I need Notre Dame. I mean, it's, it's and, about technique right, and finishing stuff. and all of right. that stuff. I don't care about right. the size difference. That make, that right. means nothing to me. Well, and it's not a big size, and that's even more to the point. There you if, go. Yeah. If there's not a big size, if, if Notre Dame pushes Marshall around on Saturday, it won't be because of size. Right. Right, it'll be because right. they're playing the game and, the way they're supposed to play. And look, and that's what I expect. Marshall is a well-coached team. They're going to watch the film against Ohio State. Oh, they're yeah. going to bring twists and stunts, and they're going to do everything Even that Ohio if they're State not did. Well-coached, Vince. As long as they're not <laughs> stupid, <laughs> right? They're going right. to see that, and they're going to see. Right. The, but the reason why, Vince, is they're going to see that's the same stuff they had trouble with last year. Exactly, and that's because that, that's what Toledo did to them. Right. They were twisting and stunting, and they were right. It's what made. Purdue did. It's what yeah. Wisconsin did. It's what I mean. It's what a lot of the teams that gave Cincinnati did. It's what a lot of those teams did to Notre Dame last year. Right. Absolutely. And so yes, they will. That's what I'm going to be watching yeah. for. Not yeah. yeah. And their quarterback's a really accurate kid. He can be rattled though. Henry Columbia. He's a kid that came from Texas Tech. That's another name to know. But you know their offensive line's big too. Actually, you know what's funny is their offensive line's every big as big as Notre Dame's. They're six nine three fourteen, six two three eleven, six three three hundred, six seven three twenty five, and six seven three sixteen. So I think the other matchup from a size standpoint is going to be very interesting to see. Vince is yeah. how well does Notre Dame's undersized defense? Like the point is the gap between the two lines is bigger up the middle for Notre Dame's defensive line against Marshall's than it is for yeah. Marshall's defensive line against Notre Dame. Right. And- and we all know Marshall puts out quality offensive linemen. So just stop. Had to. Somebody asked had on the show uh, if I'm going to need have extra security uh, for Kane Madden's family. I was like, I don't need security. Vince does. <laughs> like I wasn't hard on Kane Madden. Like if his family comes, you know, Marshall family comes out. Like I, that, they're not coming after me. They're coming after Vince and Sean. I wasn't. I wasn't mean to Kane. 
Uh, I was I, I always blamed Jeff Quinn for that. You know, I always defended Kane Madden. Be like, look, this kid would be better if he had a better coach. Well, hundred percent. You know, because the kid Notre Dame saw was not the kid that I saw in film at Marshall. You know, because I mean? he regressed at Notre Dame. He yes, did. he did. And, and again, I'm being mean to his game, not Kane Madden right. himself. You're a but hater. Yeah. It's okay. That's all it's right. okay. Yeah. Vince has a tendency to take out on some people when he's mad at the person who made the decision to put in there, which I completely understand. <laughs> completely understand. I do. I get it, buddy. I uh, get it. You know, Quinn, Quinn Kibler. What's up, man? So he, uh, he got a question. Brian and Vince are getting the mailbag band back together. My question is simple. What's the deal with Patelho? Uh, buried on the depth chart, consistency, other. That's a great question. That's a really good question. We yeah, I thought the Ohio State game would be the perfect game yeah. for him to come in as an edge rusher. And he didn't see a single sniff on defense, yeah. did he? Uh, I don't know. Did he did he come out he on played, special teams? I was told he played special teams, okay. but I okay. did not study who played special teams. Well, and but I was told he did. Again, and we've talked about Patelho a lot. He's got a lot going on with himself. So it's like, does he have it all kind of pointing in the right direction? We don't really know the answer to that. And maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But I thought it was be it would be a great time to kind of yeah. unleash him as well. And we just didn't see it. Clearly, there's a trust issue there whether that's because of off the field stuff or right. he's not quite there as an edge player yet. I mean, cause again, they just started playing him on the edge in fall camp. So maybe he just wasn't quite there yet from an execution standpoint where they just yeah. trusted putting him out there. Yeah. Cause the, as we saw in against Ohio state, it takes the miss. The secondary had two breakdowns on Saturday. And that's it. Two, two breakdowns. And they both resulted in touchdowns. Yep. I mean, that's what, that's what it is against Ohio state. Right. right? And so, you know, that could be it, you know, or I, you know, or I don't, I, otherwise I can't explain why he didn't right. play at all. And and there's other guys that fall into that category as well. We, I, I don't know. We, right. We were hoping to see more guys. Let's just put it that right. way. So, but great question, Quinn. Irish shy town, Vincent Bryan, top three Notre Dame O linemen of the he stand era. That's an interesting one. I mean, it's kind of easy for me. I mean, obviously, Quentin Nelson is yep. one. Yep. Uh, Zach Martin did play for He Stand for Ooh, two years, so he's got to be one, and he yeah. was phenomenal in those two years. So the first two are easy. The third one gets a little bit tougher. Because there's like four or five guys, I feel like, that could fit in Correct. that spot. Correct. Because yeah. what are you going to go by? The guy who's most talented? Well, then it's Ronnie Stanley. You know, I thought Mike McGlinchey was better for more years than Ronnie Stanley was. Like Ronnie really was only great in 2015. He was real. He was he was a good player in 2013 at right tackle. He was flashy but inconsistent in 2014 at left tackle. I mean, there were times when he looked like a future top 10 NFL draft pick, and times he looked like this kid's feet are just a hot mess because he was still you know he was always kind of raw. Sure. And even in 2015, he was a great player at times. He gave up like three or four sacks that year. And like I've said, look, other than Quentin Nelson, the best individual season that I've ever seen in Notre Dame offensive, excuse me, other than Quentin Nelson and Zach Martin, because Zach Martin in 2013 was special. The best individual season that I've seen an offensive lineman have was Liam Eikenberg in 2020. I mean, he wasn't as dominant as Ronnie and 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 McGlinchey, but he was that was one of the most steady seasons I've yeah. ever seen. Like never gave up a sack, only gave up like one hit on the quarterback all year. Didn't have really any, hardly any penalties that year, but you know, he wasn't dominant. 
right? I mean, Stanley at times was dominant. McGlinchey at sure. times was dominant. So I guess it depends on what you mean by top. If you're just talking about best season, it's hard for me to not put Liam Eikenberg's 2020. However, McGlinchey was better for a little more years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would argue that McGlinchey's best year might have actually been 2015. I mean, if you go back and watch him as a right tackle in 2015, Vince, on that O-line, McGlinchey was a dude in 2015, and he was pretty good yeah. in 2017, too. I mean, he was a first-team All-American, right? So it's not like he wasn't also good that year. Uh, <laughs> And that's probably why I'd go with Mike as my number yeah. three. I'd probably go with McGlinchey as my number okay. three because he was good. I mean, he was even in 2016 when the team sucked. Him and Q both earned All-American honors that year, and McGlinchey was never really reason. Like, can you remember playing 2016? You're like, dude, what the heck was McGlinchey doing? The left side of the line was pretty good in 2016. The rest of the offense stunk. But right. Those two guys right. were pretty good. Right. You know? And uh, – <laughs> but uh, – you know, but and then 20, like I said, 2015 might be McGlinchey's best year. So I'm going to go with McGlinchey number three just because For of duration. the, yeah, like, so he might have been better. In, Liam might have been better in 2020 than McGlinchey was in 2017. And, and I'd say they were about the same when you look at, McGl- at Liam's 19 compared to McGlinchey's 16. I'd say I'd probably lean to give the edge a little bit to McGlinchey. But if you look at Liam's first year as a starter in 2018 and compare that to McGlinchey's first year starting in 2015, it's not close. Yeah, Le- McGlinchey was definitely better. So I would probably lean towards McGlinchey as my number three. I mean, like Nick Martin was a, was a high draft pick, but I thought that was more of a Harry Heastan pick than it was necessarily Nick Martin being that good. Yeah, I thought it was like, well, I'm going to take Harry's guy. More yeah. so than anything, you know, Aaron Banks was a really talented kid, but inconsistent. And if you want to go with consistency, you have to consider talking about Robert Hainsey as well, because he was about as steady as they come. But he just never had the brilliance that you saw from like McGlinchey right. at times and right. and Stanley at times. But you know, so I'm going steady. with those three, and then my four would probably be would probably be Stanley. Now okay. Stanley is probably the second most talented behind Quentin, but he became an even better pro after being coached by Harry and then right. kind of working through some of the rawness, he was even better in the pros than he was in college where, you know, McGlinchey and Q kind of, and Zach Martin kind of showed up like ready. Like mm-hmm. they, they were ready to go. Right. Ronnie was still a pretty raw kid. Right. And Harry took him a long way, but and the other thing too is consider Ronnie didn't play a fifth year. Like if Ronnie would have come back for his fifth year, like Zach Martin did, like Eichenberg did, like McGlinchey did, he probably would have had the best individual season. I mean, he would have made that third year jump and been a dude. Like, I mean, he'd have been uh, unbelievable, Vince. Right. With right. another year of Harry Heastan. But, I mean, he, said he was know. starting as a rookie, I believe, sure. in the NFL. Yeah, so, yeah. I think I hurt, but like, the, right. he made the right decision. Right. He was the number six overall draft pick. He made the right, right decision. Right. I'm simply saying we don't have as much data. Sure. Like, he, he was actually started sooner than all those guys. He started right. as a true sophomore. Right. Right. And so his three years as a starter was sophomore, junior, senior, where those other guys started as juniors, seniors, and fifth years. Right. 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 I'm talking about Mike and, 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 yeah. uh, and, and Liam. Obviously, Q and Zach Martin started as redshirt freshmen. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, so, so I'm going with McGlinchey based on what their Notre Dame careers were. But yeah. if we'd have seen another year of Ronnie, it would have without question been Ronnie Stanley. Irish Shy Town again, Brian and Vince. Who are sleeper teams after week one? Oh, we're going college football now. That's a good one. I mean, my I'm 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 gonna say one thing here, right? Number one is 
I don't think we should overreact to week one in right. any direction. Right. So what I'm going to do is just kind of look at some confirmation that I had about some teams. Okay. Uh, because I feel like that's the most fair way for me to evaluate week one. Uh, you know, so for example, you know, like when you're just talking about playing one game, like is Oregon really going to be that bad all year? I don't know how they could be. I have a hard time believing it, right? It was a really bad performance. Right. But it was also week one. I mean, I remember USC getting beat like 55 to three by Alabama one year in the opener. And by the end of the year, that USC team could have played with anybody. You, yeah. you remember that? It was a 2016. I mean, just destroyed their name at the end of the year. Started the year off one and three. So, you know, teams change and evolve. But a team that I had my eye on is like could be a sneaky, vastly improved team, maybe even contend for a bowl game this year is Arizona. Mm. And they went one and 11. They got some transfers in, but Jed Fish has done a really nice job recruiting. They had some competitive games last year. They went one and 11 last year, Vince. I'm going to repeat that again. Arizona went <laughs> right. one and 11 last year. Right. And I think they were winless in 2020. They were 0 and 5. And then they had lost. They went four and eight the year before that, but they lost their last eight games. So they had lost 13 straight games going into last year and then lost their first eight of the season. So, I mean, they're talking about a 20-some game losing streak before they finally beat Cal at the end of the year, 10 to three. But they lost by eight to BYU, two to Northern Arizona. So bad. Five by Washington, seven to USC, nine to Utah. Like, you know what I mean? So you can like see like, okay, this team's competing. Well, they've already matched their win total in week one with a 18-point victory over San Diego State, who won 12 games last year, and beat Arizona. So Arizona's one for me, Vince, uh, that I kind of view as a team that's a little bit of a sleeper team, not national championship sleeper. Uh, I liked what I saw from Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee was my preseason sleeper team. You know, but like some of my other sleeper teams, Vince, like Minnesota, I couldn't tell any. They played New Mexico State. I, right. I can't. They beat them 38-0. Oh, they, okay, they should have. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily confirmation for me about anything at all. So, I mean, I, it's hard for me really to, to say. I'll tell you who looked really good in week one and, like, looked like they actually have a couple dudes. Duke. Hmm. They beat Temple 30 nothing. It was 24 to nothing at halftime, and they called off the dogs. They got a quarterback that can play. That kid can really play. But other than that, Vince, it's just confirmation. And I, I said before the year I thought Florida would be better than people thought. I did predict them I, to beat Utah. Listen, so, I, think, I think Florida is going to be undefeated when they get to Georgia on October 29th or 28th. So you're talking almost Halloween they could be undefeated. You picked them to lose last week. I so know. You, you must have been really impressed says, by their performance. It says after week one, yeah. right? Now I'm looking at their schedule. Yeah. And right. it – it I mean – who at Tennessee, lose? at okay. Tennessee. Eh. A, eh. I, now, I don't look. Tennessee. I don't think Florida is the number twelve team in the country. I, right. The fact that they went from unranked right. to twelve right. is preposterous. Yeah, to me, I think right? it's, I agree. I agree. It's ridiculous. Right. I but agree. The the Tennessee game in their favor is at home. It's in the swamp. No, it's at Tennessee. Excuse me. It's at Tennessee. I was thinking about the Kentucky game, um, but no, I look. I think they could be undefeated. I'll be a I little do. surprised by that. I think you're sleeping on Tennessee a little bit. Okay. That's fair. But we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Well, I mean, but that's the great thing about football, man. That's right. We'll find out. Absolutely. Right? We'll find out in three weeks. They're definitely going to win, 
you know, the rest of their games. I, I'm sorry. I, I would be shocked if they lost to Kentucky. Yeah. I would now, here's shocked. the question, though, Vince. The interesting thing is what we what do we say about teams like, that are under new coaches, right, and trying to turn things around? Okay, you can handle adversity. Everybody disrespected you. You stepped up and beat Utah. Okay, now you're 1-0 and you're number 12. How are you going to handle that? Yeah. Are you going to yeah. come out against a Kentucky team that's had a lot of success against you lately sure. and just assume, like, oh, we're Florida, we're back, you know, because they lost to Kentucky last year. I'm looking at it. They beat Kentucky in 2020, uh, lost, beat Kentucky barely in 2019, 2018. They lost to Kentucky by 11. So this is a team that they has played them tight in 2017. They beat Kentucky by a point. They've played some really good games in recent years. True. So are you kind of like, hey, we're Florida, we're here now? Or are you going to say, hey, guys, that's just one? We, You know what I mean? Like those are the things you don't know the answers to. Absolutely. And that's yeah. why I try not to jump on, on bandwagons. But – uh, Vince, I think what you're seeing is kind of like, okay, Vince sees what I saw before the year, mm-hmm. which is uh, that team didn't just lose all their players. Like they are still this, a team with talent. They just weren't a very well-coached football team. Yeah. And and that was a thing. It's going to be interesting for Florida yeah, because, no doubt. you know, they've only lost to Kentucky one time in the swamp since I've been alive. Yeah. And that was recently, wasn't it? So just saying there is that. Yeah. That was when was that? That was let's see here. That was 2018. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the win yeah. before that came in 1979, which was before right. I was born. So right. The fact that it's at home, I think bodes well for Florida. I think so. It's to me, it's more about how they play. You you know what I mean? Oh, like sure. for sure. Um, I want to see how they play. I mean, they sh- if they lose to Kentucky at home, that's a that's a problem. I mean, for the reasons that you mentioned, you're supposed to win those games, but right. You know, so I mean, as far as the others, like. I mean, it's hard to really say in week one because a lot of teams didn't play anybody. You know, well, like, they, ooh, Miami so, beat Bethune-Cookman. Okay. Hilarious listening to people talk about, you know, the all the big teams and, you know, their games when they played one double-A teams. Right. Like, oh, right. Did, you, did you see the plays, man? Come on. Yeah. Everybody just take yeah. a breath, you know? Yeah. Yep. That was yeah, hard. Th- there were some teams that, I mean, you know, at least you're, at least you're not uh, – yeah, I'd rather be 0-1 Notre Dame in the way they played than yes. 1-0 Iowa in the way that they played. <laughs> My God. Vince and I were driving to Ohio during that game. And we kept looking at the score like, is that serious? You're like, is this, this a five typo? To three? Is this a typo? And then they, then you saw that it was 7-3, and you're like, okay, they must have got it wrong earlier. Right. And it was, you know, and like, nope, nope they two safeties. Nope. So, yeah, their defense outscored their offense, and they won. <laughs> You know, that's just not good. Their defense outscored their offense without getting any touchdowns, and they still won. So, yeah. And I'll tell you what, Vanderbilt's looked pretty good on offense first couple games. They really have. Now, they they played Hawaii and Elon, right? But this is is a team in Vanderbilt, Vince, that lost to East Tennessee State last year. They're leading the SEC East. Yes. All right? This is a Lee Corso moment. You need to take a picture of standings. You know what I mean? Like when they let's and let's not pretend like oh, of course Vanderbilt should kill those teams. Uh, they they lost to East Tennessee State by twenty last year. Right. They beat Colorado State, who might be in the bottom five of power five of of FBS teams. They beat them by three. They beat UConn, who definitely is in the bottom five of worst uh, FBS teams. Yes. They beat them at home by two. And so just chalk, chalking it up to like, oh, of course they beat those teams. So beating Hawaii, the way that they beat Hawaii, was it like 63 to 10? 
Yeah. And then beating Elon 42 to 31 in a game where Elon scored 21 points in the second half, which I'm sure Clark Lee's not happy about, but it was like you were up 28 10. Yeah. You know, like they, then you were up 35 17. So like it wasn't really like competitive. It wasn't as close as the third, as the 11 point final showed. And so that's a good start to the season for them. Now we're going to find out here moving forward what kind of team they are because now all of a sudden, they're uh they're a trendy pick to beat Wake Forest this weekend, right? Yeah, we're gonna find I saw out. That. I we're saw find that. Out. Like, yeah, we're gonna find out. Ready to go down that road yeah. yet? You but if they I mean? can at least compete with Florida, that's a good sign. The, yeah, the reality is they right. need to be three and one before they head to Alabama at the end of the month if they're gonna survive. Because if if not, it's gonna be tough sledding. Right. Yep, it's gonna be tough sledding. All right, Paul says, I know it's one game, but what grades would you give the position coaches and coordinators for the game one plan and player preparedness? That's a loaded question. That's like two shows, one for offense. Yeah, defense. I mean, just as quickly as possible, Paul, you know, what position coaches give for – look, I mean, game is – I mean, at this point in time in the season, Vince, it's kind of pass-fail, right, when it comes to coaches. But I'll, I'll try to I'll try to, I'll try to give it as – I'll try to respect the question, Paul – I mean, when it comes to offensively, game one plan and player preparedness offensively, I, I mean, I gotta go, I gotta go D's across the board. I can't give F's because they weren't that bad. Yeah. But I gotta kind of gotta go D's across the board. I mean, the tight ends didn't block well. Yep. The receivers didn't make the plays they needed to make, yep. right? The running backs were okay. You know, maybe I'll give them a C. They played okay. You know, it's game more game plan oriented for players and then you know, quarterback battled, but you don't, you don't, you don't get, you know, win championships by being gritty, right? right? You win championships by being gritty and making plays. And then coaching wise, I mean, game plan wise, I got to give it a, I got to give it a D. It was good enough to get you a 10-7 lead in the second half, but not good enough to win. And you didn't and answer you opportunities to win. Right. Yeah. Right. Offense, defensively game plan. I mean, a plus. Oh my gosh. Yes. I mean, I don't know what else they could have done differently. I mean, that was a great game plan and, and Ohio state was struggling like almost immediately. Like, even the two plays, the two, the touchdown they had early, that was helped by a, just a silly pass interference penalty, you know, in a mistake by a DB, the game plan was strong all night long. They just didn't finish the game off. well. Enough. They, they had Ryan day guessing. Yeah, and that is saying something. Yeah, but when you punt from the plus forty, right? Like you're you're yeah. in. They were in his head. They were right. in his head, and right. that's that's not an right. easy thing to do. So I I hundred percent agree. D with line, that. I'd go B. They were pretty good against the run for most of the game. Ah, B minus C plus. Let's go C plus. Didn't get any hardly any pressure. Yeah. Linebackers C. Secondary A. A. Right. It'd be an A plus if not for the two blown coverages. Ah, I'm gonna go A minus because those two blown coverages obviously were were impactful in the game sure but they also were the reason that it was even competitive in the fourth quarter was how good that they played this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. Shannon says, Brian and Vince, what's a solid first half versus Marshall look like? 21 plus points plus 
plus plus lots of yards on O and on D few points and a couple of turnovers curious your thoughts it's not necessary for me and I'll, I'll just jump in it for yeah. me it's not necessarily a point total that I'm looking for it's more yeah. of an attitude and an execution uh, you know that kind of a thing and if they do that the points are going to come like mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm not well if they don't hit 25 points in the first half then that's a failure like that that's that's not how I feel at all. They, I do want to see some creative play calling. I do. I want to. I want to see some creative play calling in the first half. I want to see Tyler Buckner play like Tyler Buckner. I want to see him be allowed to mm-hmm. play his game. If I see that in the first half, that is successful on offense. It is because that will generate points automatically. Defense. I mean, I just want to see him flying to the football. And if they, I mean, if the defense does that and the secondary plays like yeah. the secondary's played. I'm not worried about points there either. I'll make my simple, Vince. I've said this a million times. I'm more process-driven than I am results-driven. Yeah. And the res- that's that was a big issue the last 12 years. They'd look at the score, oh, we blew this team out. Yeah, but but I saw flaws that if I'm coaching against you, I'm exploiting if I have players that are anywhere close to as good as your players. Yeah. Right? right. I want to see the process. And so the score, the yards, and all that stuff just doesn't – I want to – it's what do I see of how right. they play Exactly. is exactly. the key for me. Super chat from Stephen F. Thank you very much. Any word on Tobias? Heard he was a little banged up. Yeah, I've heard that that was overstated. He was healthy yeah. enough to play. I've yeah, heard that's overstated. He was healthy enough to play, and he showed. My, def- my definition of that is when the head coach says, "Well, he had a knee or a or a hamstring." Like those are two completely different. And areas. he was talking about during camp. He was right. talking about something he had during yes. camp. So it was. No, yeah. he was healthy enough to play. I I agree with you hundred percent. Yep, he was healthy enough to play. Another super chat from Bayside Tiger Six. Late to the chat. But here's money for the kitty. The team clearly needs to finish. But where do you stand on, quote, calling off the dogs, unquote, and playing 60 minutes of your game starters or not? Oh, I'm always a believer in this. Always a believer in this. I hate when teams put their backups in and just just run the ball and run the clock out. No. Put the kids in the game. And how can you say your team is going to be about finishing when once you get a certain lead, we're not holding to the same standard? Why are you not expecting your offense to go out there and run the offense and score touchdowns? Okay, if you don't want to run it up, then put your backups in there and expect them to do that. Give Drew Pine a chance to run the offense, yes. right? Give the the backup alignment a chance to go compete. Give the young tight ends a chance to go make plays. Don't just ask them to block nine techniques the whole time, right? Right. You know, don't don't let don't Logan Diggs get all his carries with the backups and then just run them into stacked boxes and then be like, oh, it's two point five yards per carry, right? Right. I mean, run your offense. You know, yeah. run your defense. Don't give them score. Don't play off coverage and give them scores. Let those young kids, because you're about it's about establishing a mentality. Yep. And how can you say, kids, I need you to play for 60 minutes and then you not coach for 60 minutes? I hate that crap. And I know Bobby Bowden caught a lot of crap over the years, but he always said, look, it's not my job. It's it's my it's not my job to basically stop myself, right? It's your job to stop me. Yep. I put my backups in. Uh, those kids practice too. They yeah. deserve a chance to run the offense. It's not Absolutely. my fault you couldn't stop my backup team. It's not my fault. And that's the mentality I want to see, Vince, 100%. 100%. And now maybe you pull your starters a little earlier than you would if you're going to let them go run the ball. Right. But when you put those other kids in, you let them run the offense. My For whatever reason, in my head, I have always been a – if it's a blowout at halftime, okay, if it's a blowout at halftime, my starters are getting the first series on both sides of the ball in the third quarter. If nothing's changed, then I start making changes. And it isn't even necessary – and I will also say this – it's not necessarily that I'm going with all the twos all at once. I look, everybody's high on Drew Pine, 
right? Let him run with the ones. Let's he see what he can do well, forget one. about people being high on him. He's the backup quarterback. He's a Tyler right. Buckner injury away from being in the game. He's to play Give with him a series yeah, exactly. of with the second team off or the first team offensive line and let right. him go throw the ball. Yes, right. I agree. Yeah. The other, the last thing too on that too, Vince is, you know, for me, I just when you come out in the second half too, I just feel like you can lose momentum in a game going into the off into that week. Right. You know, because you just like you can just feel like you just like finish the game with a really bad taste in your mouth. And right. I do not like that at all. I do right. not like that at all. Sean Michael, thank you for the super chat. Brian and Vince, thanks as always. Hope to see y'all at the Cal game. I'll be there. So uh if you oh, could why? Uh, yes. Uh if you could choose a dream Notre Dame staff to win a title, who would it be on both sides? Oh wow. Uh I mean, geez Louise, that's a tough one. I mean, you know who my head coach is, right? It's Lou Holtz. Uh, my Lord, receivers coach regardless is regardless of like time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My receivers coach is, uh, is going to be urban Meyer. I say you better pick a receivers Meyer. coach. Really good receiver. My player. offensive line coach is Harry. He just because I wasn't quite old enough to appreciate how good Joe Moore was. I mean, I saw the byproduct of it. Right. But I, you know, and I'm also going to kind of try to stay with people who are alive <laughs> and I don't mean that disrespectfully at all. I'm just saying like, if I could like put his staff together right. now. My defensive coordinator, with all due respect to all the great defensive coordinators, is Barry Alvarez. Uh, there's no doubt. My defensive line coach would probably be John Palermo, probably who my D-line coach would be. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. I, my secondary's coach. I'd have to think about that one. That one might be a little bit tougher. Uh, I'd probably have Chuck Martin coaching safeties. Dang it. You just yeah. took that out of my mind. I was yeah. just going to say Chuck yeah. Martin, baby. I, I, you know, Mike Mickens is probably a guy that I would probably still have on set. I think Mike Mickens is a heck of a corners coach. Yeah. I really do. And I think now you're starting to see the t- now he's getting his talent more and more into the lineup. Yeah. And you kind of yeah. saw what that looked like on Saturday. Well, Marcus Freeman talked about that in the yeah. press too. He's yeah. like, hey, he told me Sauce Gardner was a dude. So we yeah. went with him and he's telling me the Ben Morrison and, and yeah. Jake Mickey are dudes. And yep. I mean, he's clearly got an eye for yep. some talent. Yeah, my running backs coach probably be Tony Alford. That's my yep. dude. Yep. Uh, tight ends coach probably Mike Denbrock. I thought Mike Denbrock was a really good tight ends coach and a really good recruiter. Uh, and two stints at Notre Dame. He was also that way when he coached under, I think, Ty. He was a tight ends coach under Ty, I believe, as well. So I think that's everybody. And then my special teams coach, I'd probably bring Bill Lewis back to be my special teams coach. And I know he wasn't the special teams coordinator at Notre Dame. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think he would do a very, very good job with that. So you know Brian Pullian? <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> Too easy sometimes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vince. Uh, you cut out on me. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. So we can move on to the next question. On the next one. That's probably we can a good move on to the next question. <laughs> Super chat here from Milton Fan 15. Does Notre Dame make the college football playoff if they beat Ohio State? If they beat Ohio State and lose to either USC or Clemson, I think not. Which is why Marcus Freeman played tight. Oh, to avoid no. a blowout, keeping college football playoff possible. Yeah, I don't. And then his he had a follow up to Vince uh, to that. Yeah, I did see that. In addition to my super chat, the point being, it's better to lose early in season. But if Notre Dame gets blown out week one and win out the season, no college football playoff. I disagree with that part because because I think there's evidence of that not being true, Vince. Right? Because if they get blown out week one and they go eleven and one, I still think they're in the college football playoff. I do. Yeah, I mean, I've got my personal stance about being blown out, but here's the deal. When I push back against the notion of Notre Dame needing to be undefeated, what is my reasoning? It's not my feelings. It's data. It's evidence. It's yep. we have seen this. Yep. So 
I think a lot of people tend to respond to what is said on ESPN or on whatever podcast or radio or whatever. And it's this notion of, oh, Notre Dame's got to be undefeated. And there's no evidence of that, right? Number two is, well, you got to win your conference championship. Horse pucky. Because we see that we've seen multiple teams make the college football playoff. The best example is Ohio State in 2016. They lost the head-to-head to Penn State. And Penn State won the conference championship. And yet Ohio State was the Big Ten's rep in the college football playoff because the body of work was better. Right. Uh, Alabama in 2017 did not make the SEC championship. Do you remember why they didn't make the SEC championship, Vince? Do you remember the reasons why they didn't make the SEC championship well, this couple, season? They had a couple losses, didn't they? No, they had one. They had one, one loss in 2017. Mm-hmm. It was the last game of the year. They lost to Auburn the last game right. of the year. Right, and so uh, they still went and and made the college football playoff and won it in 2016. Clemson lost at home to unranked, well, excuse me, number 22 Pitt at home on November 12th, and still made the college football playoff and won a national championship. So again, there's no evidence that that is true. What I have found to be good about the committee is that they tend to try to look at it as a holistic sure. ranking. Yeah. They do a much better job of that than the AP and the coaches poll, which is very reactionary. Oh, absolutely. Now, there's always a level of reaction to it because you have new data. This team won, this team lost. Sure. It changes things. I'm react. I'm reacting to it. But there's a difference between reacting to something and being reactionary because mm-hmm. being reactionary tends to kind of take things into an extreme, Right. So that's kind of how I look at it is I think the committee has done a good job, but if I'm going to have an, we're now seven years in, right? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, eight years in, we have eight college football playoffs. We have data to back this stuff up. And so it's easy for me to look at and say of all the teams that have lost a game to get in, some of them have lost late. Some of them have lost early. Heck in 2017, Clemson lost in October to Syracuse, who was four and eight, terrible, and team. they still got in. And not only did they get in, they were the one seed. Yeah, right. So there's just no data. I think that's all kind of some of the paranoia that ESPN tries to promote about you know who's going to get in or who's not going to get in yeah. and those things, things like that. The reason Ohio State didn't get in in 2018 wasn't when they lost; it was how they lost and who they lost to. You know, where when Clemson lost to Pitt, it was a one-point game. And the loss to Syracuse is a four-point game. And you could say, hey, look, their starting quarterback got knocked out, right? Clemson, Ohio State goes on the road against Purdue in 2018 and got obliterated for no reason at all. There was no justification for why they lost 49-20 to 20 to Purdue. That's why they got left out. And the Big Ten wasn't very good that year. So there's no evidence that that that, that it's about when you lose. It's about the holistic look of it. If Notre Dame is the one seed, for example, and they lose, let's just say Notre Dame's the two seed and or one or two seed, and they're undefeated. And at the end of the year, they lose a barn burner to USC. That doesn't knock Notre Dame out of the college football playoff unless the other teams in contention are all undefeated. You know what I mean, Vince? So there's just no evidence that that's going to be the case. We saw Georgia last year lost when the conference championship game. They still got in. And they won right? it all. And so I just, there's just, I'm an evidence guy. I'm a data guy and I need to see it. And a lot of the opinions I have about things, you may not agree with me, but I at least have a reason that I can point to, to make the argument. It's because this is what I see. And to me, Milton fan, it's a great question. 
There's just no data that supports the notion that Notre Dame, when Notre Dame loses, is, is the end-all, be-all. It's still about the overall resume. And back to the original question, Vince, the original question was, is it, it's always better to beat Ohio State. Always. Because if you beat Ohio State, I think Ohio State's going to finish the year ranked higher than Clemson. And it's a road game. Agreed. And so overall on your resume, it's going to look better yes. to me. Now, I think that at the end of the day, when we're talking Clemson, Ohio State, it doesn't matter. As long as Clemson's as good as you hope they are, you're still going to have that great win. Absolutely. And so your resume is still going to look great at yes. the end of the year if you went out. But my point is, as I said this earlier in the week, what did I say before the game? The loser of that game is going to run the table and going to make the college football playoff. I've said that, and I still believe that. So, but of course, now you got to win all your games. Yeah. Joe Papati, thank you for the super chat. Really appreciate it. While I totally agree there are no moral victories, previous Brian Kelly run teams lose the Ohio State game by 20. At least. I need improvement big time on the O, but I like where we are. 37-17 Irish this week. That's a very fair point, Vince. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I, I, you can say the same thing about the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I mean, look, Brian Kelly has not shown the ability to be in those games, especially yeah. on the road. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just we just haven't seen that often. You right. know, and the only teams we have seen it often against are teams that don't have great offenses like Georgia. Right. So that's been more of the of the but and thank you for the super chat, Joe. Yes, I appreciate absolutely. that very, yep. very, very much. Uh, super yeah. chat from Stephen F. Thank you very much. How surprised are you guys seeing Morrison and Mickey? Stephen, I mean this with all due respect. Have you ever listened to this show? I'll say this. I'm joking, obviously. M Morrison, I was a little surprised how much he played in the opener. Okay. I was. Mickey, not at all. I, I, I so, thought Benjamin okay, would play. So you're talking about actually physically seeing them on the field or that they played well. No, no, no. How they played. I'm I was okay. surprised that we saw Benjamin Morrison as much as we did yeah. in the game on Saturday. I, I am. I thought eventually he'd get there, but I did not expect him to play that much in the opener. I'll be honest about yeah. that. But Mickey, definitely. Yeah. I thought Benjamin would play, but I thought it'd be more special teams and, and he eventually up. he's going to. He doubled up Mickey's. Yeah. Steps, which, yeah. Which I will say the ratio surprised me. I, I We were hearing a lot about Morrison kind of leading up to that game, and so right. I thought we would see him, yeah. but I didn't think we'd see him as much. Right. And I will also say – I didn't think he would play as well as he did for a true freshman in his first game. I mean, yeah. he, he exceeded my expectations, even though right. I know Brian is super high. I mean, I know you were super high on, on Ben Morrison from the time he signed right. until now. Before then, I mean, yeah, I mean, before then. Yeah, I, I, I'm still yeah. surprised he played so stinking well. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. I think part of the reason he played a lot, too, is because Cam Hart was nursing the, the hamstring right. injury, so I don't know sure. if he was 100%. So I think that was part of it as well. Just real quick follow-up, Vince, to the, the thing that Milton fan uh, 15 said. He said, Brian, would you argue getting blown out would matter? Oh, absolutely. Th that I agree with. And, again, that's what I was saying. That's why Ohio State didn't get in, Vince. It wasn't because they lost to Purdue. That didn't help because Purdue wasn't great that year. They it lost wasn't bad. Right. It was the it was the way they lost yeah. Yeah. where they were just embarrassed. Like, that. Like playoff teams shouldn't have a game like that. Right. And I think, I think that matters. And, and so – and I think that was always going to hurt USC in 2016. Even let's just say USC would have only had one loss. You still wonder, like, would that have been enough to get in? Because you lost 55 to three. You know, like let like let's say Notre Dame would have beat Georgia in 2017, and then lost to Miami the way they did. Yeah. You lose 41 to eight. I can understand why they'd want to drop you out of the polls, right? So I think that matters a whole lot more than the timing of it. It's who you lose to. So like, don't yes. lose to a team that sucks unless there's right. an extenuating circumstance, right? Like Syracuse in 2017. Losing to Syracuse, 
uh, Clemson in 2017 losing to Syracuse because their quarterback, quarterback got knocked out. out. Yeah, right. That should still not be a justification. I still can't believe Clemson. That was one of the few mistakes the committee made. Yeah. I'm I understand why Clemson was in because that was the year where there was a bunch of two lost teams. Like Ohio State was a two lost team, right. Georgia was a two lost team, but the one seed that yeah. didn't make any sense to me. That yeah. was not a that was the that team to me was barely better than last year's team. To be honest with you, they just played a tougher schedule this year last year because the, right. the schedule is a little tougher but yes how you lose vents matters a ton to me no question oh we already asked answered that one sorry mm -hmm. john wayne's winchester based on sources or intel if possible how has marcus freeman handled the previous week's coaching shortcomings he didn't throw them under the bus publicly but did he light into them behind closed doors no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's needed. Honestly, I mean, these are adults that never like a coach coming into me and screaming at me in a locker room is not going to be something that's going to be conducive to me wanting to go out and coach harder for you the next week. Right. A stern talking to and like, hey man, this is not good enough. Right. Like that's hey, that's part of the job. Yeah. Right. Like I, I, I won't let you down again next week, coach. And that's like, like any job. Like, yeah. Hey, hey Driss, look, man, I, I hired you for a reason. Yeah. I hired you because I think you can do this. Right, buddy. Your, your your guys didn't bring it tonight. That's on you, man. Right. Hey, you know what? Coach is right. That is on me. And then it's up to me to fix it, right? Mm -hmm. But coming in and getting my face and screaming at me, I'm sorry. It's like, you know, I'm a grown freaking man. You know what I'm saying? Don't get my face screaming at me, right? Like, that's not going to that's not gonna get me going. And I'm shocked. People are probably shocked that I have that opinion, right? No, I'm saying that sarcastically. Uh, but being pissed off, yeah, I'm be pissed off. The head coach should have been pissed off. Right. Uh, but, well, you know, to me – uh, lighting into them, I guess for me, that is a volume related thing and that I'm not a big fan of, but if it's lighting into them in regard to, Hey, that stuff we just saw fellas, that's bull crap. That ain't gonna cut it. Right. Right. Okay. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Uh, that's expected, accepted in, in that regard. No question about it. Assuming he wasn't the reason that they felt that way or that they did the things that they did. And part of it is, it's a combination. Hey, look, this is where I messed up and now I'm holding you accountable for the, your part in this as well in a non-blaming kind of way. Like, Hey, look, we got to do better here. Including myself. Like, right. The, including I mean, myself. And he is the kind of person that will lump himself in with everybody else. That it would shock me if Marcus Freeman just walked into the coach's locker room and just lit guys up without taking responsibility for, for, oh. his, for, for himself first. Now that doesn't mean he doesn't get after it and, and get on people. I've, I know, I know for a fact he gets on guys. That's his freaking job. Right. Right. I mean, he's not there to be everybody's best friend. He's the head coach. His goal is to win. Yeah. You know, so but I do think that he has held people to a standard, including himself. And it's going to get real uncomfortable sometimes when you don't do your job well. Yeah. That's what he should do. Yeah. And I've heard that he is that way. And and but but he also is going to be the first person that has your back when you do it right. And that's where you want a coach to be. Absolutely. Hey, get on me when I don't go, do a good enough job. If you're a true competitor and a champion as a coach. You want that kind of thing in your coach, darn right. Especially if he's going to have your back publicly. Yep, which he did. You'll have you'll you'll be more willing to take those butt chewings in the in, yeah. the, in the coach's locker room when you know your coach has your back, yep. publicly and privately. Yep. You know, so there, there's no doubt. So it's a very good question, Vince. I, I like that one. That was good. That was good. Sean Stewart, which unit gets a fire lit under the butt, and who do you <laughs> think will respond best? Well, you know, there's no fire going to be greater under people's behinds this week than the dudes in the offensive line room. I was going to say, <laughs> there is going to be the only answer to this question. <laughs> there is no other answer. Now, I don't know the second part, Vince, 
we got to learn that about this group. That, and that's but that's one of the right. things that we get to learn this week. Right. That, that's what that is. Right. That's one of the overarching questions about this week. To be honest with you. Right. I mean, look, yep. Harry Heastan lit in to the guy that works for us. Okay. He's gonna light in to those guys too. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That was hilarious. That was yeah. so great. We should sitting here film the whole practice. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are. Thanks, coach. <laughs> He's be here. Talks about it every time I talk. <laughs> so for context, great. Coach Eastan was a little cranky at practice one day in fall camp, <laughs> and uh, the guy we had to do video was there filming the offensive line, and Coach Eastan was was getting after a little bit, and he just looks at me because he was like, "What are you going to film the whole practice? Is that what we're doing today?" And uh, uh, Chris rightfully kind of said, you know, like, put your camera down and just go film another section. He came back five minutes later. You know, it's the right thing to do here. You know, when you antagonize him. But I was like, dude, I'm glad Chris was there because if it was me, I'd be like, yeah, actually I am. And I'm allowed <laughs> to be here. So calm down, dude. And then Harry would have speared me and I would have woke up a week later. I was going to uh, say, <laughs> a couple of days I wouldn't have gone the way. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but no, I mean, but in all seriousness, Vince, uh, yeah. we need to see how they respond. Absolutely. I know who's going to get lit into, and I and I don't think it's going to be real pleasant being in Al Washington's room this week either. That's fair to too. be completely honest with it you. And matter who you are either. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, I, I, but you know, again, look, that's what I wrote in my mid midweek musings. I encourage you to check it out at hours breakdown. But you know, look, the lines are going to ultimately define how this team responds. Yeah. And and that's what we're we're going to have to learn, Vince. There, yep. There's no doubt. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.